hey, Auburn's got a future star uh, in the making in freshman linebacker Joseph Phillips. We're going to discuss some single-season records that we'd love to see broken, and then we're going to wrap it up with some basketball talk, talk basketball lineups, a little bit of Jalen Williams update, uh, and have some fun. This is episode 21 of the Top Button Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Five. And we're ready to rock and roll. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our boy Ford Stokes at Active Wealth Management. Reach out to him on activewealth.com. Have a conversation with him. You're going to learn a ton. You're going to learn a ton. You're going to make a friend. You're going to bug out, uh, talk some Auburn Auburn sports, and you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot. Like for example, learn how hey you got all your money tied up in that CD, how you can possibly earn double the interest and still have a lot of the same security that you have with uh, through a CD. So give Ford a shout, activewealth.com. He's got a, another investing book that you can get at annuity360.net for free. Possibly get it autographed. Check out both places. Show him some love and tell him uh, tell him more eagle. All right. I love to do, you know, signee profiles, things like that. And one of the – one of my – you know, favorite players of this class, this past class, this 2024 class is uh, Joseph Phillips from not very far away from Auburn, uh, Tuskegee at Booker T. Washington, uh, Booker T. Washington High School. Look, in a recruiting class, the typical goal is if you can get six to eight difference makers. And by difference makers, I mean guys that can possibly compete to be all conference, you know, whether it be first team, second team, whatever. If you can get six to eight of those a class and those stack up, you're going to be in really good shape. And I really, truly believe Joseph Phillips uh, is going to be one of those guys that can be a difference maker. The recruitment was interesting. Um, he was big time in love with Auburn uh, early, came on a lot of visits. And then all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden, Georgia kind of came out of nowhere. And he announced, I believe, that you know a week prior that he was going to commit on the following Thursday. And crystal balls and predictions started going in for Georgia like a couple of days before the commitment announcement. And we were like, man, how in the world did this happen? How did uh, Georgia end up swooping in um, and taking this guy that's literally 30, 40 miles down the road? Like, been here a ton heard so much buzz about him and and then all of a sudden Thursday rolls around and like the morning of the commitment you're you're like starting you're starting to hear I think Auburn you know I don't think Auburn's out of it I think Auburn may have gotten back into this and then sure enough he commits he commits to Auburn and it was a uh it was a huge win this was one of those guys that I would label as a can't miss and there's a few for this next class but there's, there's certain guys you just can't not get, whether it be from a relationship standpoint, whether it be from a perception standpoint, whether it be from a location standpoint, somebody in your backyard, you know, what whatever it may be. There's, there's tons of different, I guess, uh, there's tons of different criteria that could fall into a can't miss. Joseph Phillips was one of those. Position of need, location, proximity, um, highly ranked, uh, and and somebody that you just really had to have, and, and you lost some momentum, and then you got it back really fast, 
you got him committed, and then it never really wavered from there. It never really wavered from there. He is going to be – I think he's going to probably start out as an outside linebacker. He's He reported – you know, y'all know how I love a height and weight chart. Height and weight chart. He reported in December, so he enrolled early, working out with the team. They weigh him and everything right when they get there, measure him, weigh him, everything. 6'2", 240 as a freshman. In, in comparison, that's essentially what Jalen McLeod, our starting edge, starting outside linebacker, uh, that's essentially his size right now as and he's been in college for you know three or four years. So you got a guy that's going to be physically uh, from a frame standpoint um, pretty much ready to go, uh, ready to go. He's, he's obviously going to have to learn the the scheme, the system, uh, technique, got to refine that. I mean in he did play in a pretty solid cl- classification and they went pretty deep in the playoffs. And they knocked off um, in the playoffs this year probably one of the more talented teams uh, in Alabama, in Jackson, uh, I believe, in the playoffs. And uh, he had a big game in that game. He played uh, he played t- both ways at 5A – or 4A, sorry. Both ways in 4A, which is not completely un- unheard of. But once you start getting above like 4A, 5A – a lot of those guys that it's specialized and and they play one side of the ball. He played a little bit of tight end, a little bit of wide receiver. He was their jump ball guy, uh, and then he was a you know two point stance outside linebacker, pass rusher, and uh, he had a really big year this past year. Um, I have some stats. Uh, I have some stats on him from his past year. So his twenty twenty three year receiving was interesting. So he had. Uh, 400 this is rushing rushing yards he had 450 rushing yards uh he had 246 receiving yards which you know i, I can imagine a 62 240 pound guy in that classification is is going to be a, a monster uh, and then on uh de- defense he had give me a second pull it up on defense, he had – come on now. I had it pulled up right here. Defense, he had – sorry. Defense from a defensive end, outside linebacker position, he had 140 total tackles, 35 tackles for loss, and then here's something that's going to make you excited, 10 sacks. Auburn has – sort of struggled uh, in the getting to the quarterback category for for seemingly quite some time, especially from the, from from a just a regular four man front rushing rushing the passer. Auburn seems to sh- have struggled the last couple of years. We got to bring pressure, uh, bring more than four guys, and especially last year. And this is a guy that can get after the quarterback uh, when you're at that level. All, all you want to see is domination. You know, you want to see uh, a person to be do- – you want to see a player be dominant if they come from, you know, not the top classification uh, of their state. If they're going to be in a, a 4A, you want to see them absolutely dominate, and and that's what he did. That's what he did. Part You put him part-time running back, and he just trucks people uh, and scores touchdowns. You put him part-time wide receiver, he can go up and catch uh, – he can go up and catch fades. He can go – he can do whatever he wants to do, and then – 
you put him in his natural position and he wreaks havoc. 140 tackles, and you got to think he's he's from one side of the field. So so he so he rushes from one side of the field, but he's all over the field. Uh, and I think he's versatile enough that he could probably even play possibly middle linebacker. Like I think he could play a little bit. He could play a little bit of everywhere, but I think they're probably going to start him off uh, at outside linebacker. Just a huge man, just a big addition, big addition. And again, when you're trying to rebuild, when you're trying to get this thing going back in the in the direction that you needed to go, Joseph Phillips is a key component of how you get that done. Like I said earlier, if you want to get if you want to get to that six to eight factors of every single class, six to eight impact players of every single class, Joseph Phillips definitely checks the box as one of those. Um, and obviously, we'll have to see how it progresses. I cannot wait to see him go through spring. Uh, didn't hear a ton from him uh, from any of the 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 winter workouts and think practices and things like that that he may have gone through. But uh, spring is going to be a time to shine because really, if you really think about it, if you really think about it, you got Jalen McLeod and then you got just no nothing established after that from from a pass rushing perspective. So between him, um, uh, Jamonta Waller, and then I believe his name's Brenton from Opelika. Oh, gosh, I'm losing his losing his name. But he was a late addition to that 2020, uh, 2023 class. So he's going to be only one more year into the system. Essentially a wide open job. It's simply a wide op- essentially a wide open job. So adding Joseph Phillips to this class um, and, and sort of that big win over Georgia that you needed to have from a perception standpoint, confidence standpoint. Um, and then the, the kid is just a really good kid too. Like there were some stories that came out. I think Jeffrey Lee from On3 reported that he would go to practice and then uh, he couldn't come on visits because he had to work. He would, he would have to work because he was t- helping take care of his family. Like that's just the kind, if that doesn't, that's when you, when you're there, when you're looking at a player and all of the different characteristics, character in general still matters. And, and for, for a guy to be able to um, be a football star and then, go to work after practice and, and then make it happen to help with the family. You you love to see it for for guys like that. Hopefully, you know, he's here, he's got a good, you know, package through onto victory and he's able to use who sort of his he's built as his brand to be able to make some more money to help, you know, whatever, help himself, help his family whatever, but those type of guys it's just just huge, man. Just huge to have character guys that you can add on top of talent in all of the other aspects that he has. So I'm pumped for Joseph Phillips. I think you guys should too. Uh, he seems to be – I think he was one of those guys that was real quiet, came in early, and then sort of we kind of forgot about him. The fanfare shifted to let's go get the Cam Coleman's. Let's go get the try to get the Ryan Williams. Let's go try to get the other five-star guys. Uh, and this was a borderline, you know, five-star guy that we got in early uh, that we were just sort of, I feel like sometimes maybe gets taken for granted. So uh, I'm pumped about Joseph Phillips, uh, and I think you should too. All right, I put out a fun tweet yesterday and got some fun responses, and I want to kind of break those down. But before we do, I want to give a shout-out to PlainsCoffee.com. Use coupon code BUTTON to take 10% off. 
I don't know why you would buy coffee anymore from a big box store. I don't understand why you would do it anymore when you can have it shipped to your door and it's fresh, like literally can smell it from outside type fresh, like grind before the, a couple of days before it ships fresh, uh, use coupon code button, save 10%. They got grind. They got roast for everyone. They got the darkest roast you can, you can imagine. They got the lightest roast you can imagine. And if you don't like, coffee they got tea as well so again stop go i mean if do everything you can not to have to go into a grocery store i, I feel like that's what everything's moving towards stay out of the grocery store you, you don't have to do it anymore plainscoffee.com everybody drinks coffee in the morning why not have it shipped straight to your door and fresh so check them out plainscoffee.com and you can also help out uh an auburn bro by doing so so plainscoffee.com all right, I put out a fun tweet yesterday, and I looked at some of the single-season records uh, at Auburn. And I'm, I'll admit, some of them are a little bit meager, okay? Some of them are not just mega impressive outside of possibly maybe some rushing stats. So um, I said, hey, if you could pick one single-season record to be broken in 2024, what would it be? And the options were having a 3,300-yard uh, passer, passer, which the record was somewhere around like 3,277, uh, something like that. So a 3,300-yard passer, an 1,100-yard receiver. We haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver since like 1990-something. Like uh, Ronnie Daniels, I believe, was the last 1,000-yard uh, receiver. And then a 19 and uh, 1950 yard rusher or 15 sacks, which that was a little bit higher than than the uh, record. The record for sacks was like 11 and a half, I believe, with Nick Fairley. But so 3,300 yard passer, 1,100 yard receiver, essentially a 2,000 yard rusher uh, or 15 sacks, and it got a ton of uh, got a ton of you know, activity, a ton of comments. And the vast majority, which is understandable, the vast majority of you picked the 3,300-yard passer, which I totally get. I totally get. Uh, I would love to see, you know, the last several years, the passing attack has just not been there. You you have to go back to possibly, you know, the Jarrett Stidham, two, two years of Jarrett Stidham where he threw for over 3,000 and then threw for – you know, close to 3,000 again uh, the following year to really see Auburn air it out, and especially with the way offenses are going these days. You just see a lot of high-flying, uh, you know, passing touchdowns galore. You know, big-time receivers in Auburn, for whatever reason, is always more – we always lean towards the, the rushing or we always are just somewhat uh, – somewhat uh inept so to speak <laughs> in in the passing game so i totally get i totally get you know the 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 3300 yard passing i didn't choose that but um and the reason is is because even at 3300 yards i didn't say over that i, I was like let's it, you have to end on that basically so um that's still only what's crazy is that's only 250 yards a game like that's not even averaging 300 yards a game so it's it's while 250 yards a game will be fantastic i was just, it's just not 
what you typically was it's not what you're seeing out of these big time passing offenses and it's not really what you see out of some of the more elite passing offenses that that Hugh Freeze has had so um I, I get it that and I think that was by far by far the number one answer was was passing uh and I would take it hey I would love to see you know Peyton Thorne um whoever uh Hank Brown Walker White, I'd love to see any of them next year throw for 3,300 yards because if that happens, I do think a lot of the other stuff sort of falls into place. But, again, 3,300 yards is is fantastic, and I would take it because we've only had a handful, not even a handful, just a couple of 3,000-yard passing seasons. Uh, but some of the other one, there was one other one in particular that we'll get to that um, that I, I picked to be my favorite. So, number two, 1,100-yard receiver. I got to be honest, it's kind of embarrassing that Auburn has not had an 11, uh, a thousand yard receiver in seemingly 20 years. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost, it's almost hard to imagine that that's even possible because, I mean, you have 35 to 40 uh, college wide receivers every year that go over a thousand yards. Like that's just the way of college football now. I mean, it's almost that many players every single year and Auburn just never has one. We have we have haven't really had a go-to guy in quite a while. Hopefully that changes uh this year. Hopefully, you know, you got a Cam Coleman or, you know, one of the older guys steps up, whatever. Uh but I think that's got to change. One of th- one of the things if you look at Hugh Freeze's offenses, he's had several 1000-yard receivers. He had a receiver his first year at Liberty that was like 1300 yards uh receiving. So I wouldn't get mega discouraged about this this past year um, because that's not what that's not the type of ball that that Hugh Freeze wants to play. That's not the type of offensive ball that Hugh Freeze wants to play. He wants to be able to get it in the hands of playmakers. He wants to be able to let his wide receivers make plays and, and get downfield um, and have big gains and catch passing touchdowns and, and things like that. So. I almost – this was almost my number one because I feel like if you can have – I want Auburn to have a go-to guy. I want Auburn to have a go-to receiver, man. I want Auburn to have a dog. I want Auburn to have, uh, you know, some dude that can just go up there. Uh, no matter what, you put a guy on him, it doesn't matter. You know he's getting the ball. You know the ball's coming his way and there's nothing you can do about it. That's what I want. And and I'm hoping uh, that, you know, one of these big-time freshman guys, that that becomes – they become who that is. Uh, maybe multiple. Love to have multiple. That's why I liked Rivaldo because I felt like at times Rivaldo, you could just you could put anybody on him uh, and he could go up and catch it uh, last year. But I'm hoping we get that from a actual wide receiver and we can put up some big numbers. So that was number that was number two. Number three was 1950 yards from a uh, from a running back. Uh, that's that. <laughs> I would like to see that, but that's just not college football anymore. There hasn't been a 2,000-yard rusher since, I believe, 2019. As a matter of fact, I think the leading rusher this past season was somewhere around like 1,700 yards. So it's it's great, but it's just not – it's not college football anymore. It's not really, you know, one guy that's going to pound the rock. And another thing is if, if Auburn has a 1,950-yard – rusher next year 
that means somebody's not that somebody's not happy. <laughs> Some one of these incredibly talented guys that we have on the roster is, is not happy. Um, and I think you have also, I think it also takes away from a lot of the skills. It would take away a lot of the skill set that that several of the other guys have, whether it be Jeremiah Cobb uh in the passing game or you know Brian Batie in the screen game or you know Damari Austin just kind of being an all-around guy just like uh you know Jarquez uh I say I would say Damari's a little bit more of an all-around guy Jarquez is just the, the pure runner he's not really a threat in the passing game and honestly I kind of hope we don't throw the throwing the ball that <laughs> that much because uh we struggled at times trying to get him the ball but still 1950 yards from a running back is um would be awesome it would be awesome but I would be concerned about we'd probably control the clock a lot but I'll be concerned about keeping everybody else happy because that that's going to take a lot I mean if you're if you can average five yards a carry like just do the math on how many five yards it takes to get to how many carries it's going to take to get to uh, 1950 yards. So it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite a bit. So I get it. I get it. Especially old school guys love to just see, Hey, I'm going to go run through somebody. I love to see people run through somebody's face linebacker, meet me in the hole. I'm going to put you on your back. I love, I, I get it. I love the toss sweep. You know, I love the, all that, all that old school stuff. I formation. That's just not college football anymore. And uh, I don't know. We may have some thousand yard rushers. I think we could easily get, have some thousand yard rushers in this offense, but I just don't know how efficient, how effective you're going to be in this Hugh Freeze offense if you have a, a, a two thousand yard rusher uh, next year. I'd be sort of concerned about you know everything around it. So, but I get it. I get it. Uh, the last one. This is what I picked. Okay, this is what I picked. I want. I want to set the stage for you. Okay, how many of you remember the electricity? that we would get uh, in, in 2017 when Jeff Holland would come around the edge and you could feel it coming. You knew uh, that Georgia game, there was nothing they could do to stop him, and he was just teeing off on Jake Fromm. D. Ford, when he would come around the edge and there was nothing you could do. When, hey, Nick Fairley in 2010, I feel like the biggest eruptions – the most electricity that you get, the most momentum swings you can get, is when you sack the quarterback. I, 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 that's one of my one of my favorite plays. That's one of my favorite plays uh, in football. You got the fade, or not? I guess that's not necessarily a play. That's sort of like a uh, an outcome, I guess. Uh, so I love a touchdown on a fade. That's one of my, that's my number one. Uh, and then I love a sack. I love sack lunches. Uh, there's nothing that gets me more jacked in a uh, in, during a football game, in especially when you're in the crowd, and then and then on top of that, when you can see it coming, Auburn's leading sack is a is a leading sacker. I think is a tie. Nick Fairley, believe it or not, from the defensive tackle uh, from the defensive tackle position was like 11 and a half, um, 15 sacks. That's a that's an incredible incredible season, and I don't think it's entirely entirely unattainable, uh, especially with some of the you know more talented guys that you're bringing in. Um, I would love. I feel. I just feel like sacks can completely change games. Sacks can make you 
Sacks can flip field position. Sacks can create turnovers. And then just the fear of a sack, just the fear of that pressure changes everything. Because if you got 15 sacks, you probably got like 30 or 40 pressures where you're rushing that quarter. You're, you're, you're t- speeding up that quarterback's clock uh, to make decisions that could be a, end up in an interception, a fumble, a throwaway, whatever. I want a dog pass rusher. I want a guy that when he lines up over there, you you already see that tackle. He he's trying to line up a little bit off the line, you know, trying to get as much wit, trying to get as much you know advantage as he possibly can. If you know you got the pointing, you got the hey, I need help, all that kind of stuff. I, I love I love seeing that, uh, and we haven't had that for a while. Uh, and I think Jalen McLeod showed flashes of it last year. Uh, and then you got bringing two really, really talented freshmen. Uh, and then you got another guy that's pretty, you know, pretty solid right behind Jalen McLeod that developed all last year. Uh, so I picked, I picked sacks. I want to see sacks. I want to see strip sacks. I want to see fumbles. I want to see some blindside face mask right between the shoulder blades, as long as it's not targeting. Uh, I want to I want to see some sacks, man. Uh, so that that's uh, that's the one I picked. There were several people that that picked it as well. So it wasn't like it was I was the only one. So it was really fun to see uh, all the interaction. Um, so a ton of people wanted, ton of people wanted rushers, and I get it. I will say there was a lot of there was not as much on the wide receiver as I thought there would be. I figured that would be a, a bigger one, uh, but it seemed like people gravitated towards the quarterback totally understandable because if the quarterback throws for 3300 yards more than likely there there could be somebody really close to going for a thousand yards receiving uh so i get that too and especially after the offenses you've watched over the last gosh since maybe 2019 uh from a passing perspective uh i get it I get it. You want you want to see us air the ball out. You want to see us move the ball down the field, be explosive, and uh, you know, hopefully, with some of the young guys, you'll be able to do that. Uh, and, and with Hugh calling all the plays and offense being one hundred percent, there's no division on. You got this. I got that. It's boom. It's it's one guy, one vision, one offense. Uh, and I, I look forward to seeing, uh, hopefully, a little bit more, a little bit more explosion. A day, I don't think we'll see a lot, but we may get a, a, a pretty good idea of the direction, I guess, that we want to go, uh, the direction that we'll see on this offense. So fun, fun, fun tweet, fun conversation. Uh, I appreciate all the participation in it. That was that was uh, that was a discussion that I was having that morning with some friends, and I just threw it out there. And then all my all my Twitter friends, all my other friends, uh, jumped in on the conversation too. So. Good job, good job on that. Uh, last last thing, let's wrap up. Let's talk a little bit of basketball. So a Jalen update. Now, this I don't think is official, um, but I would expect him to miss at least four games. Um, senior night is kind of what I'm hearing that it may be he gets to come back. And, and I would – hope he would get to come back and participate. He's going to participate in senior night, but I think he'd love to be. It's his last home game at Auburn. And you know, over this incredible career that'll never be topped at Auburn. I, I assume especially from a wins winning standpoint, 
Uh, love to have him back by then, but I think you're going to miss at least four games. So you got Georgia coming up this weekend. You got Tennessee. You got Mississippi State, and then you got Missouri. So those four games, Auburn can easily go three and one uh, over that stretch. Georgia is very, very beatable. You had a week to prepare. Uh, Tennessee's going to be tough. Let's just, I mean, just face it. They're 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 really, really good. They're probably the best team in the SEC, top two for sure. And you got to play them on the road. Uh, they have been vulnerable at home. South Carolina knocked them off. So maybe, who knows? If you get hot shooting, um, and especially with pop, you know some of the possible lineups that we could see, maybe it could create some mismatches. Uh, it could be fun to see. But uh, and then you got Mississippi State at home again. It's a home game. Everybody's going to be you know rowdy. Auburn play, just plays better at home minus Kentucky. And then you got to go on the road against Missouri, who actually played. Tennessee pretty tough at uh, played Tennessee pretty tough this past past um, the, this past Saturday. I'm sorry, not this past Saturday. I believe it was yesterday. Uh, and you know you got to go there, so you feel like you should be able to handle it. It's a road game, but they haven't won a game yet, so so you kind of feel like you should handle that. So that little stretch without Jalen could easily go three and one. Could also go two and two. Um, so. Uh, you got to get you got to figure out ways um, ways to you know got to figure out different ways to score without running it through Jalen. You know it seems like when Jalen has when Jalen plays well, we blow people out, and when Jalen struggled, we we struggled. Period. Uh, so now you have no Jalen, so you got to figure something out. The good thing, I guess, if you had to find a silver lining for his injury, if he had to get injured, he it got injured on the Saturday before the bye week. So you had had essentially seven days to figure out lineups to uh, make it work uh, going on the road against Georgia. So what will those lineups look like? There's been all kinds of speculation. You got small ball, uh, you got small lineup options. You got some really big lineup options. There's been talk of possibly having, you know, and this could be maybe uh, for Tennessee, maybe for Tennessee. Don't know, but definitely something that's been rumored, you know, or talked about that has been rotated is having Dylan and Janai on the court at the same time, and having Janai play a little bit more uh, of that that four that that power forward position where he's you know spread out and gets a little bit more looks from three you know he's been he's shooting close to 50% uh from deep in conference uh anyway so maybe give him a little bit more looks that that Jalen had um and you know then you can rotate him obviously from it doesn't mean he has to play there the whole game but maybe start off there rotate over to the you know rotate it over to the five around the first time of the substitutions you know all that there's there's all kind of rotational things but that is a lineup that's been talked about is you know what does it look like when you got Janai getting Jalen looks uh Janai's not really the ball he I don't feel like he handles the ball quite as well as is Jalen but you know he gets looks from outside and Jalen got a lot of looks from inside he got a lot of looks sometimes I feel like he got a lot more favorable looks inside than Janai did. Janai gets a lot of looks where it's like, okay, everything's kind of exhausted. We've kind of exhausted the options. Just get it into him, and he's got two or three guys on him, and he's got to go up. Uh, he's got to go up and make a play. Versus Jalen, we're switching and we're moving and we're getting uh, we're getting matchups, and he can get you know he can get a little five or six foot little left hand hook that he's really good at, and 
you know, maybe you can get Janai a little bit more of those. So that'll be that'll be an interesting that would be an interesting lineup. And then you can go real small. There's talk of going, you know, mega small where you have your 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 uh your point guard, which could be Aiden or Trey. You got KD, Denver at three, and then possibly Chad Baker Mazzara uh at four. Now I have been craving, I've been screaming to give him more looks from three. I want Chad shooting, you know, four or five a game because he's shooting like 45% from three in conference. So could that be a way that you could use speed and athleticism to to attack, to get spacing? Uh, and then, you know, obviously that, that all the spacing and whatnot, the pressure that you could put on the defense would help. Janai get some better looks. So Georgia's not very big. Could you see a lot of smaller run and gun and chuck it type lineups? Um, you can that that could be that could be a fun fun thing to watch. I personally would love I, that that lineup intrigues me more than maybe any of them. Uh, having you know Chad and Denver on the court at the same time to be able to you know. Run and gun, and and chuck and get good looks at three. I, I've been crave. I want Denver to get. I want Denver, and I want Chad to be able to shoot somewhere around twelve threes a game combined. I think if that happens, you're going to hit half of them. You're going to hit at least. You're going to hit at least half of them, and that and that's big. Uh, that's big, half or maybe just a little bit under. You know, you're going to hit if you shoot twelve. You're going to hit somewhere between. You know, somewhere around five or six of those. Uh, between those guys, just based off their numbers, so the lineups could be fun to watch. Um, Got to get a little bit more, you know. This injury sort of because because we're going to have to experiment with a, a extra lineups. You're probably going to have to see Aiden play a little bit more. The last two games, his minutes had come down because you sort of gave Denver a chance to play point guard. And I guess he still could, but you're probably going to need him elsewhere now. So Aiden, I love I, I love Aiden Holloway. I love his game. He's he's young. He's he's not physically there yet, but he shows flashes. I mean, even if you look at the last game, he got he can every now and then when he wants to, he can get to the basket uh and get fouled. And that's what I feel like this offense from the point guard position is missed is when, when things sort of break down and there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of open shots. There's not a lot of things going. You got to be able to just get to the basket and get up, get a shot off, get fouled, get to the line or drive in and be able to dish it. And uh, he's been able to do that at times. So um, maybe he can get over sort of the shooting yips that he has. Uh, he's a, he's a really good shooter. You can tell by a stroke, it's a good stroke. But for whatever reason, they're just not going in. And, and I think, you know, you don't want to just park a guy. You know, when he's going through something, you don't want to just 100% park a guy and say, you know, okay, you're done for the year. Uh, sometimes those dudes can shoot their way out of it. And, boy, do we need it now more than ever. So, with these experimental lineup, not these experimental lineups, but these, these lineups that you're having in lieu of Jalen being out over the next four games, um, Let's see what happens. It could be fun. It, it could be fun. You could have a more, you know, more running gun type offense that we that we love to see, especially if they go small. So um, it will be it'll be fun to watch.
um, in in talks about Jalen in general, I would be okay if he just sat out the whole rest of the season. I'd be fine. Like in reality, you can go four and one or three and two over the next five games. It's going to put you at thirteen and five or twelve and six at worst. You just had Florida and Kentucky lose again yesterday, uh, which helps you in in the SEC standings to get to that fourth number one seed for the tournament. Win a couple of games in the tournament, maybe make a run with with, with a healthy with a healthy Jalen back. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. The the you I mean. I don't want to say that running the table is not completely out of the option either. It's not like it's just completely impossible. So, but you got teams that you got to have went lose multiple games to to get a share of the title. So, it, with that being said, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at March. I'm looking at March. I'm looking at tournaments. Keep Jalen healthy. Don't push it. Uh, don't don't get him you know out there before. He's ready to go, and let's make a run in some terms. We still have, again, when when he's healthy, we have one of the most efficient offenses and most efficient defenses in the country at the same time, okay? So you're up until that Kentucky game, you're top 10 uh, in net rankings on uh, like Ken Palm and all the, you know, higher analytical sites. You're, you're a top offense and you're a top 10 defense, top 10 offense and a top 10 defense all at once, and those teams are built to make runs in the tournament. Uh, your best shooting games, three of your best four shooting games from three were on neutral sites. Your highest percentages of hitting threes, three out of the four games were on neutral sites. So we're not necessarily the, – the narrative that Auburn can't play away from Neville is just not really true, not really true. Because you're you're getting confused, you're confusing road games with neutral site games, and all the tournament games are neutral site games. And some of Auburn's best offensive performances this year have been neutral site games. So if you get Jalen back, we're built to make a run. Uh, we're built to make a run in, in both tournaments. Both tournaments doesn't necessarily mean it'll happen, but we're built for it. So uh, let's see what happens. Let's see what the lineups are this weekend. I'll be talking about it on Wings ninety four three after the game. Uh, our call-in show. If you're listening, uh, you know, want to find us on like TuneIn or something like that, or you can go to the uh, uh, Auburn Network website. I'm sure and log in and listen after the game. We'll be on thirty minutes after the game. Listen, we'll break it down. Call in. Let's chat. Let's boog. Uh, I can't wait to kind of see how that game plays out. So we still got a couple of days. Boy, it's brutal having an off week. <laughs> basketball, there's just always something that there's just all during basketball season, man. There's just always a game right around the corner. And it seems like waiting a week, it just takes forever. So fired up for the game. Fired up to talk about Auburn again. And then uh, you know, we'll be back Tuesday to break it all back down uh and spring practice kicks off. We may have a little bit of uh depth chart predictions. Uh, and things like that. So uh, looking forward to it. A lot of stuff right around the bend. Dead period's about to be up. Recruiting's going to be on fire. Tons of visits already scheduled. So hang in there. The news is about to get hot, uh, and I'm going to be here to help you help fill you in. So follow me on Twitter, the underscore Charlie, underscore five. Like and subscribe this video. Like and subs Like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Tell a friend about it. Tell a friend about it. Uh, and then uh, I'll be on uh, – I'll be on 
Locked on Auburn every Tuesday, and I'm in the Locked on Auburn Discord every single day, which is linked down below, uh, mixing it up. So appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Have a great weekend, War Eagle, uh, and stay buttoned.